I have uh, another one of my billion dollar ideas. You can't just give them away on the show. I mean, I, I think the listenership is small enough where if this is this is kind of this is a, a chat amongst friends. I, I can open the kimono. Uh, hmm, okay. Throw the kimono in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, five seconds in, our show title. Okay, <laughs> so uh, uh, the, my my idea. So it's a dog co-working space. So not a co-working space with dogs, but a co-working space for dogs. What kind of work would these dogs be doing? Oh, whatever. They, they, they could be taking meetings. They could be uh, disrupting things. They could do whatever they want. But the key part is it's called WeWoof. Hmm. I feel like if you don't own that domain already, you need to. So here's the deal. So I already looked it up. Yeah. And somebody registered it in Korea um, uh, a, a year and a half ago, but it expired on the 16th. So... I'm genuinely thinking of getting it as a as a gag domain if if it if it doesn't get renewed. Well, so but is we there woof. is there like some kind of window that you have to wait? Yeah, well, it depends. So for domain um, expiration, so there's like a 15 to 30 day redemption period where you have to pay a registrar an extra fee to have held it for that extra time, and then if it's a domain that the registrar felt had any value whatsoever, they can put it up for auction. But if it doesn't sell at auction, then it goes to, um, just becomes available to register again. So yeah, so wewoof.com. Is that going to be a domain that's deemed to have value, do you think? or It's got value to me, but hopefully nobody from um, <laughs> Network Solutions. Well, who are the, who are the two cows? Who, who are the really old school domain people? I think you're thinking of three twins. No, and, and they're kind of, I'm, hmm, we're going to get back to wewoof. Because uh, it's really important. But um, three twins. I'm not going to let this idea go. Um, uh, it's going to be our, our, our biggest pivot ever. Uh, but, you know, three twins. Are you familiar with their work? I'm very familiar. Being a uh, resident of San Rafael now, especially. Are they a local company? I don't think they're a local company, but they have a uh, location, like a storefront um, nearby. Well, but they, they have a, a tasting room, as well. uh, but they have like a little ice cream outpost in the um, the shopping plaza thing uh, across from the ferry building, or sorry, the uh, the uh, Larkspur ferry terminal. Oh, okay. and they also have one. They've got one in Berkeley too. But yeah, so uh, three twins, uh, best flavor mint confetti. They also had a collaboration that they did with uh, Sergio Romo, former Giant, then went to the Dodgers. Now I don't think plays baseball anymore. Um, and it was it was uh, uh, a uh, Mexican hot chocolate version, and it was really really good, but it got discontinued, or it was like a limited one year run thing. Yeah, well, they can't. I mean, they can't be making ice cream flavors by Dodger players. That's ugh. yeah, but I mean, that's yeah, it happens. So yeah, so we woof. So <laughs> I think this can go somewhere. Like, because you saw the thing about there was the guy in, and I couldn't tell because it was, it was a real estate dude, and I couldn't tell if it was um, like a tongue in cheek. Uh, like, uh, let me try to drum up some uh, some weird PR for my real estate company. Uh, but in Noe Valley, he had a thing where he was going to make a $1,500 a month um, uh, dog social club. Hmm. And it turned out to, I'm, I'm still, I like I Google it every couple of months and it's open now. And I still really don't think it was a joke. Did you put this in the thing? I did not because I hate the name. It's really dumb. Do you want me to say what the name is? Uh, I mean, not if you don't. Not if you don't think it's appropriate for a family show. 
Um, you can bleep it. It's called Doggy Style. And I think I... Oh, I was totally making a joke. Oh, wow. No, okay. that's the thing where mm. I will... So I will put a thing in the 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 sliding DMs to you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sliding all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I kind of... I, I forced that one. Sorry. Yeah. This is, this, this is super dumb. And again, still not sure because they had an Instagram or... Sorry, not had. Like, still do. I don't think Facebook ever wants to reduce, like, number of total users, but... It's this is really dumb, but with like with so many things in San Francisco, like you know, like the seventy dollar caviar bumps for BizDev Bros, like I you can't ever be certain something is a joke or if it's real. I I I just I have I have so many questions about this. I I don't. So, but, but but don't but don't worry about it because we woof. Yeah, yeah. Again, they could have a, like you know the the greenies that Sporty loves, like his favorite treat. You can make cold brew flavored greenies. Like this, this could be a thing. Build as an innovative dog experience. Yeah, we're not, we're not talking it's about. It's difficult style. to discern from the website what exactly doggy style is, though the cheeky name has already begun raising eyebrows. This is in the SFGate article that will be in the notes, which I promise, despite the URL name, is a safe for work link. Yeah, it, it it's dumb. So we woof. It's the next big thing. If I have a sick weekend, I'm, I'll make a website for it. Get that get that domain. I want to, but there might be another domain I'm registering soon. So I'll let you know. Depends on how the show goes. <laughs> take you you take the money from this show, and then you reinvest it in other domains and spark new ideas. That's it's a uh, money money making money. That's an well, no, it's, right? it, it's 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 like really long game money laundering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Poor poor man's money laundering. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, last in, first out. Okay, so <laughs> the it's a, the the obligatory accounting joke. Mm-hmm. 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 It's what people show up for, right? Um, or subscribe and then hopefully forgot to listen, or hope hopefully I think I count on all of our listeners having just forgotten to unsubscribe. Because <laughs> the sponsors don't care. All right. And the last thing uh, before we get into follow up, um, this is very, very specific, but uh, weird flexes on dating apps. So we've talked about, I'm sure, the Tom, not Tom Cruise. Who's the other guy? We, George we've, Clooney. We, we've probably talked about Tom Cruise. That, that checks out. No, because I don't think he's that relevant after the whole jumping on the couch thing. But um, we've talked about the George Clooney movie up in the air in the past, right? I'm sure we have. Uh, if we if we haven't, we should have because that's a it's a very good movie. You think it's a good movie? Oh yeah, I, th- I thought it was very good. I oof, I don't dislike it, but it's also a very weird movie. Oh, it's I mean, a weird it's premise it's, it's and also a, it, it's not a feel good movie, but it's a good it's a good movie. Hmm. Maybe I need to rewatch it, but I remember it being kind of just very. I don't know. He had a, he had a weird run of movies in um like from 2008 to 2015. There was another movie called The Descendants. Did you ever watch that one? I did not see that one, no. That one wasn't bad, but there were like a, this whole series of where uh George Clooney plays a somewhat troubled is the wrong word, but like complicated middle-aged dude. And that's very much what up in there was. Anyway, dating app flexes. Uh, there are always like weird things on people's profiles that they'll put that are supposed to be like, uh, signifiers for something else. And the weirdest one I found this week was somebody who put that they are a United 1K member. 
Do you think that's cool or super lame? Am I lame for not knowing what that is? Um. Oh, 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 oh. Like, as in United Airlines status. Yes. Mm. So they are United Premier 1K. So they're tr- they're trying to flex on the fact that they... um like somehow amassed like a hundred thousand frequent flyer miles in a calendar year or whatever it takes to do that. So did you swipe left or right? Left. Wait, which one is that? Is that yes that's or the no? bad one? That, that's well, but well, I mean, that's it's sometimes it's unclear what the bad one is. Does it, does that, does that mean you politely pass? Uh, I don't, I don't think anything about these apps is polite anyway. Okay. Bumble is the worst. You still didn't but... answer my question. So is that, was that a, is it a yes or a no? A good thing. That's, or a bad that's thing? the no. That's, that's the no. that's the you're skipping on everything as a person because you saw a um, eighty kilobyte JPEG of them and you were judging them. Did you look up to see like what United One K gives you? I did because I'm I'm only familiar with I know uh, tangentially I know about American Airlines and Delta like I know about the Delta medallion statuses because that's if if I ever started flying enough that's probably the airline I would choose because I hate them the least. Um, I have no I have no ill will towards Delta whereas I fucking hate United so much i hate to burst your bubble or maybe this bubble's already been burst for you but there was a year maybe three or four years back where i mean i feel like i've mentioned this on the show before where i I was actually flying like quite a bit or like what i thought was quite a bit and i started thinking about like ooh, maybe i'm gonna like get status and i started looking into it and the amount that you have to fly (laughs) to get status on airlines is like it's crazy. So. Oh, most definitely. Like, I don't think it would be that much. The only way I think this would work out is if I found out that there was like some, uh, like blue bottle in Toronto or sorry, in Toronto that had the molasses cookie and, uh, and maybe that'd be the only reason to fly every other weekday. Go hang out with your buddy Drake. <clears throat> so. <laughs> Oh, we're not going to talk about it. like like every other week. I feel like again. I feel like, I feel like next week we're going to be able to talk about him. I think we people can talk. Okay, we're going to leave it for next week. But anyway, uh, yeah, flexing with your frequent flyer mile status is is weird, and I, I'm not sure who that is meant to meant to attract. Um, but yeah, also very very hostile profiles that show that somebody's very fed up with it. That's definitely a thing, and those are amusing. Hmm. Anyway. Um, can you so in this if you can you can pass on this question if you'd like but i could swipe left on it yeah (laughs) nice um so what's your dating app flex or do do you do you flex on your dating app i don't i try to um kindly suggest that i'm a huge nerd but also leave open to the imagination that i am not Mm, international man of mystery no, no, it's just, it's again, you, you, well, actually, ooh, well, I'm not going to talk about it, but actually I do think I have some stuff in there that, um, is, is coded to try to identify the right quiet nerds. Do you use that? You have that, what I think is a really neat, uh, animated caricature of yourself. Do you use that as oh, like, God, a, no. as a photo? No, okay. no, um, actually, and in your, you can tell your dog this, uh, your dog, uh, gets more matches and likes than Sporty does. Oh, do you have a, a picture with Sporty and then a picture with Branson? I do. Nice. And it tells you what people uh, liked. And, and yeah, um, Puppy Brand crushes Sporty. You'll have to show me which uh, picture you used. It was from when you first met him? Yeah, when he was, when he was his tiniest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was a little boy. 
Yeah, those uh, those pictures came up on some uh, generated album on my phone a week or two back, and it's been, they're pretty great. Yeah. Although whenever I get the um, auto-generated iCloud um, photos.app uh, four-legged friends album, it's always um, just random internet dogs. And <laughs> it has to, I, iOS has to be able to figure out that this was not, um, this was not taken by this phone. That's, anyway. That, that'll, that'll maybe be, you know, iOS 14. Mm. <laughs> It'll have a dark mode. <laughs> Okay, uh, we got a lot. We're not going to talk about any of the main stuff because there's a lot of uh, follow-up that I put in my secret document that you won't see, but we will eventually not talk about the important things. Okay. So um, let's 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 keep a T word uh, to stay true to the name of this show. Uh, there was an article in Bloomberg where there was kind of a rehash of a interview Angela Arons gave in front of where was she? She was at the bloomberg c2 business conference in um in montreal and she basically said she was successful at her job and uh fairly clearly kind of said uh, quote unquote fuck the haters because like so much has been written and we talked about it last week about everybody getting uh trying to uh, read into her departure or what they wanted to about apple stores after her tenure like during the four most um high growth years of the company and kind of the growing pains that went along with that. But she feels like she did what she was supposed to have done. And that today at Apple and the classes and all that kind of stuff were exactly what the company wanted and that she was successful for what she was hired to do. So I I very much enjoyed that she came out and said it and, you know, kind of pulled a muller on that. So I, yeah, I good for her for defending herself when we've, we've been well chronicled on this show as saying that, we think that she was just doing exactly what she was hired to do and that it's probably it's hard to put a lot of fault on her but the one the one problem i have with this bloomberg article is she does the thing which i just really really don't like when people do which she this is literally a quote goes and this is in response to uh, being asked about what she thinks about some of the criticisms she says i don't read any of it and none of it is based on fact (laughs) <laughs> like I, I i hate the oh i don't i don't read it i don't pay attention to it but let me comment about it it's just come on like pick 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 one pick a pick a lane as you would say i i, I get it i think that's more to say that she doesn't make a habit of reading of it but it does come into her orbit and she thinks the criticism is unwarranted because i think if you're a successful important person you'd uh, you don't need to, sorry, not that I, I have any right to be opining on that. You don't need to read a bunch of bullshit telling you what you're doing wrong when you know that you're doing whatever you were supposed to be doing. Yeah. All right. Uh, going into some nerd stuff, you have some news about the next Star Wars movie, which will um, have a very rushed last season. <laughs> nice. So uh, a year ago, maybe, uh, Disney... Um, announced that they were developing two new trilogies. Uh, one was going to be by Ryan Johnson, who directed The Last Jedi, and then another trilogy by the two f- creators and showrunners of Game of Thrones, uh, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. And they've, of course, been in the news recently, <laughs> given the somewhat controversial ending of game of thrones and 
I don't know, the timing of this news, um, this article I'll put in the notes was from May 14th. So this was kind of right in the midst of the controversy around Game of Thrones' finale. Uh, Disney announced that the uh, Benioff and Weiss series, as Bob Iger calls it, is going to be the next set of Star Wars movies after Episode Nine comes out this year. Um, and they're not going to come out until starting in uh, late 2022, because as Disney's previously announced, they're going to take a bit of a, a Star Wars break. Um, but people are understandably a little nervous <laughs> about uh, the Game of Thrones creators and kind of what they're now going to do with Star Wars. And I, I quipped to some friends offline that at least we know that the first two movies of the trilogy will be really good. Mm-hmm. Again, we had our discussion last week of of the of the weird attachment and un, unjustified um, entitlement people have to how good media is, right? Versus just maybe just being regretful or not watching it. Um, yeah, whatever. I mean, I I wish the best for um, Star Wars fans. So hopefully, hopefully it's good. May 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 the force be with us. Yeah, may the fourth be with you as well. Mm, that was like twenty five days ago. Mm-hmm. And also with you. That's a joke for Catholic people. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> do we do we have to, do we have to cut that out is that is that no that's not offensive how, okay. how would that okay well i don't i don't know with you sometimes you you know you're the one bringing up doggy style at the top of the show so again it, it was only to talk about my uh yeah explain it to the listeners we woof <laughs> it's <laughs> It's a great name. It, I, Carlos, I'm... It's where Sporty goes. <laughs> anyway. Uh, that's why he's always such a hurry. To get out of the awful Chicago weather. Oh, my God. It's so unpleasant and hot. It's oh, like Florida man. in the Midwest. Yeah, but then it's like raining, like pouring rain in the late May. Yeah, but they got all those revolving doors, so it's worth it. <laughs> it's a very well-researched joke. People should look that up. Uh, yeah, we woof. The reason I keep making that that point is that um, every time I see a story of talking about WeWork's financials and somehow they managed to, uh, in real estate, rent stuff out at like negative. Uh, wait, what, what? What? So if you lose, what is the percentage? You're the finance guy. Mm. If you <laughs> manage to lose a, like a dollar and two cents for every dollar you spend, what percentage is that? Uh, it's like a, it's like a negative, it's like a negative gross. I think you'd say it's a negative gross margin, but how much, like if, if they spend a billion dollars to make like $480 million, how, how much, I mean, I guess in your example, I would say it's like a negative 2% gross margin. Good. Okay. Wait, that sounds too low. Math is hard. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. Anyway, that's it. Always makes it uh, like I don't know. That's where we work. Where people are like, just like they'll make it up in volume. Like it's it's kind of where they kind of got screwed by Lyft and Uber having. Well, actually, to be honest, I haven't looked at Uber of how they're doing recently. Uh, yeah, still three bucks below the IPO price. Or just like the like the the market has no seems to have no patience or appetite for uh, companies that are just uh, it loses money now but it makes it up in volume where we work one of the things where basically they're supposed to be infusing technology into just like real estate transactions which generally has been a very like that that's a very straightforward business we work still manages to lose a dollar for uh, lose sorry that that's what it is they lose two dollars for every dollar they take in 
Oh, so like a, like a minus 100% gross margin. That's it. Yeah, That's it. Go. Okay. Uh, you know, people like, uh, people like Dara. I'm hearing word on the street. People like Dara. Mm. Uh, all right. So what's the deal with play date or what, what, what happened since last week? I'm not aware of this. Uh, so well, the, there were a couple of good, um, a couple of good tweets that I saw. The first was from a uh, Gruber who had downloaded the, or not, I guess not, it's, it's just actually just part of their website, I guess, where you can, um, hook into AR kit and display a playdate unit just in your environment. And when I saw this on Twitter, I, I did not know about that and thought that he had maybe gotten some kind of early prototype of the unit. And then when I shared it with you, you had pointed out that it was a good use of AR. Um, and the fact that I didn't initially recognize that it was AR, I think, confirms that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of neat. But then the other thing that I thought was neat was a tweet, uh, from the official Playdate Twitter account creatively called at Playdate, uh, which gave some statistics about the launch and lists these out as saying that in the first 24 hours, they had 70,000 people on the wait list, uh, 23,000 Twitter followers, um, and thousands of interested developers or devs, as they and you would say. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know, I thought, um, I mean, obviously being on a wait list doesn't mean that you're actually going to convert those people to customers. I mean, just ask Elon Musk. But nothing, nothing from you on that? I thought I, thought I was going to get a chuckle on that. Um, no. Okay. He's just objectively a bad person, so I just let it go. Okay, I'll, I'll workshop mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that, that's I don't know that seems like a decent number of people and more than I would have guessed because I you know you know me Carlos I I, uh, I do try to stay very aware of when I get a little caught up in the t-word bubble and so I kind of thought that some of the hype that I was seeing was because a lot of the people in my kind of Twitter orbit again as you would say are fans of panic in a way that i don't i don't think the general public is but but seventy thousand is a is a pretty impressive number i think yeah um as somebody who hates video games like i like i i really like i just i want more cool stuff like this like so i i am objectively um excited about this and i think i might buy one like i mean it's 150 bucks whatever um but I think, like, I mean, rather you're, than you're, waste- the, you're, you're the guy spending like four thousand dollars on a wireless router, so it was less than that. <laughs> it's a lot, a lot less than that, um, and it's rock solid. Yeah, again, I would certainly hope so. Oh, it's so good. Um, uh, yeah, and the playdate thing, like, I mean, it's just, it's just really cool, and I'm, I'm happy people are making new stuff. Like every time there's a new hardware thing. Like it's like let's take Eero for example. Like then it gets it 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 flails and then it um and then it gets bought by Amazon or like there's the fucking Facebook portal thing. Like every new hardware thing is is either made by a garbage company or gets absorbed by a garbage company. And I'm just like super happy that Panic, a company that spent the last twenty years making Mac software I love and has made a sustainable enough business that can make like side bets and do co- like cool stuff because it's a cool thing. And they're a company that, like, they're not going to take VC money. They're not, nobody's looking to 10x this. Like, it's, it, there's good people trying to make something cool. And that makes me really happy. And even though I don't care about games, like, 
I, I, I think I want one of these. I don't know, like panic is good people. And this, this is really neat. Um, and I think this type of thing probably resonates with a lot of people. Like, I don't think it's going to be a thing where every person that's playing candy crush or any, every, anybody who has, um, a PlayStation four is going to want one of these, but I think to a specific audience that can kind of get with, and it's probably the wrong use of the term, but lo-fi, like, I don't know, like something, something kind of like a, like a, like it's like, I mean, it's cool. It's, it's, it's high tech, but like a low tech type of like unitasker. Like that's just, just cool. It's got a crank. Like, like how does this not just like spark like childlike joy in, in everybody? It's just neat. Yeah. There's something really wholesome about it. Um, and then there's also something really refreshing about it, which is this wasn't a Kickstarter or some crowd crowdfunded thing, which if you didn't know anything about this product and someone just kind of showed you a picture or maybe gave you a couple facts about it, I would have immediately made the assumption like, oh yeah, okay, what's the Kickstarter link? Because this kind of thing just seems like it always falls into the crowdfunding trap, which is complicated for a lot of different reasons that we don't need to get into here. But it's Can, it's, can it, I... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, it, it's, it's refreshing that, you know, like you said, this isn't some VC-backed thing, but it's backed by a legitimate company who already has a plan to get this thing to market. And when they announced it, it was not, hey, give us some money so we can finish funding the production of this thing. It's like, hey... You know we're gonna we're gonna release this thing next year. Well, and they have a game plan for it. Was not a pun. Yeah, but no, like <laughs> nice, yeah, very well thought out. You're right. But well, like they have like a thing where even if this fails, like even if they only sell a thousand of these, whatever. I mean, like it's, they're a mature company; they'll take the loss, they'll deal with it. But they've thought through what the business model and kind of what the software distribution thing looks like. And like, even if if you take a gamble on this and you spend the hundred fifty dollars on it. You are going to get 12 games and it'll allow you to play those 12 games. There's no dumb in-app purchases or like it's, it's not going to be a ruined device from day one. Like it, it, a worst case, you are buying into a thing where you get 12 games and it will work for, for the foreseeable future as long as the battery holds up. And hopefully it goes, it, 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 it um, like it just progressed from there and, and everybody's happy and they get to do a new one. And just, it's a cool thing. I don't know. Like, cause like the, the game boy doesn't really exist anymore. Does it like the Nintendo DS? Like that's not still a console. Is it? Nintendo does still sell uh, versions of the 3DS, but, but, but do games come out for it occasionally, but most of the, most of Nintendo's efforts and third party developer efforts are for the switch now. Oh yeah, that's that's vaguely a portable console. It's it's primarily a portable console. I was actually um I don't remember if I was reading something about this or listening to a podcast, but um you know, m- there's been a lot of rumors coming out about um Switch hardware revisions because it's one of the things that Nintendo's famous for is to have these mid-cycle hardware refreshes. And most the consensus around the next version of the Switch is that there's going to be some lower cost version of it that's basically entirely mobile focused and might not actually even have any kind of mechanism to hook it up to a TV. Um, just because it's it seems like at least anecdotally that mobile has been kind of the preferred way to to use the Switch. I mean, I'm sure there's a good number of people who regularly play it on a TV, but 
as a mobile console, it's, um, I mean, I'm saying like, I actually have one of these things. I'm speaking like I don't, but it's just, I, cause I never really use well, it. But. Well, you're, yeah, you're, you're speaking like somebody who owns it, which is, I, okay, I'm going to, this is conjecture and this is, this is, um, what's the opposite of wish casting, hate casting this or I'm projecting where I assume everybody who buys this, it's kind of like the Wii where they use it for two weeks and then they don't ever use it again. Is, is that wholly unfair? It's not wholly unfair. No. But the one thing is, um, they did end up making like an honest to goodness version of Mario Kart for it. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, they, they've made a good version of Mario Kart for basically every one of their consoles. Um, and so I assume that's something that people are probably playing on a TV. I don't know. It feels like that would be less successful on a mobile console. I've, I've played I've played Mario Kart uh, on on the Switch, you know, out uh, out on the road, um, and it, it's fine. The screen the screen on that thing's pretty nice. Okay. Uh, so that's it for follow up. Um, yeah. Okay. So now we have a, a let's let's blow through a couple of old things uh something something oh so there's a company called lutron and they make the casita or the caseta uh line of things is that right yes okay but they they basically is this the same thing that you have like is this basically that weird thing that um what was the brand name it was like the brand was like works with hue or something well the the works with hue is is phillips's like um what was the what was the like, like friends I, of nest or like the um what was the ipod branding what was this made for ipod made made for ipod yeah the mfi <laughs> that's right. well mfi now means made for iphone but yeah right um so it was um that's kind of like the general program and the 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 um the uh, switches that we had bought were the click for philips hue switch um made by run less wire which i think is like some kind of subsidiary of um i don't know some other company um but the reason i wanted to bring up this lutron switch is first of all the way it works is really neat so the the weird thing about the click for philips hue is if you want to use it in um in replacement of a regular light switch, which I would kind of assume that that's like what most people would want to do. The way it works is you, you take your existing light switch out of the wall. You actually hardwire um, the, the wires that were previously running into the switch just together with a, a wire nut that it comes with. And then you basically just stick the, um, the switch on, on top of your empty um, light switch box and because the switch itself is just you know, it's totally wireless and it has that technology where it basically powers itself when you're you know clicking the buttons um, but the lutron switch is is neat because it's a little circular dimmer button that actually magnetically goes over the top of a traditional rocker switch so you don't you don't actually even have to do anything with your existing switch um, unless you have a toggle switch, you'd, you'd have to replace it with a, with a rocker switch. But that, that, in my opinion, at least is a little bit more of a, uh, easier and kind of more reasonable thing to do than just to completely remove your light switch and then hardwire some wires together. Um, so there's just kind of the initial setup seems kind of neat. 
And then specific to me, we so we we have two of these click for Philips Hue switches now. We've had them for some number of months. And I, I think I had said some pretty positive things to say on the show when we first got them, but the lady friend and I have kind of fallen out of favor with them since mm. since the initial review that I gave. They're they're really, really loud which I guess given the name should have maybe been expected. But if you, if you read reviews of these things, that that's kind of one thing that you'll see pop up a lot. Like they're, they're just, they're kind of ridiculously loud. They don't feel particularly good. Like the, you really have to kind of press harder on the button than you'd expect, which is particularly annoying when you use the dimmer functionality. Um, and then I think most importantly, the thing that's really annoying with them is because of the nature where they kind of charge themselves based on, you know, clicking them. If some longer period of time goes by where you haven't used one of the switches, when you first go to use it, you have to click it a couple times for it to kind of kick itself back on. Um, warm it up like a 1970s <laughs> car. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't we don't hate them and they're they're definitely um, they're definitely better than the solution I had before, which we discussed extensively on the show, um, where, you know, you just basically place one of the official Phillips dimmer switches over the top of an existing light switch, which, it's, you know, I don't mean to hate on your setup. Strategy. Yeah. It's, but it works every, every 100% of the time. Yeah. Um, so, and they're so quiet, the clickiness is so quiet. True. Uh, anyway, this is all a, a long-winded way of getting to the point, which is I have pre-ordered one of these Lutron switches uh, with the uh, surprising approval of the the lady friend. I, I had shown her this, and, and I, I, I kind of expected, at best, a lukewarm response, like, oh, God, we're going to experiment and spend more money on another set of ridiculous switches. She knows um, what she married into. <laughs> it's very true. And uh, also the hatred of a product can drive people to want to spend more money so quickly. Oh, that's what airlines bank on. That's what people are touting their United 1K. That's right. Uh, but but she was actually quite excited about this and, and liked the way it looked. And it, it seems like it's it's really well designed with being able to, you know, rotate it to dim, etc. So uh, she was actually excited to, to try one of these things. So I, I've got our pre-order in. I think we're actually going to put it um, here in the in the office because we still just have the old uh, Philips Hue dimmer switch set up in here. So uh, they're coming out next month. So review review to come. Cool. All right, so let's blow through a couple of just like product related things. So um, we threw this in here. I'm not sure how relevant it is anymore, but uh, Rode, uh, a Australian product. Uh, microphone company is made the pod mic which is a microphone designed from the ground up uh, for podcasting um it's an xlr interface mic so you would still need like a Tascam two by two or something to put it into your computer but uh it's neat yeah i, I mostly i mostly put it in the notes just because i kind of want one it looks really nice the they actually are selling a um, XLR interface as well, mm -hmm. the Rodecaster Pro, which, mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, seems like it's way, 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 way overkill. 
Yeah, I actually haven't even brought myself to look up to see how much it is. But if you just even see a picture of the thing, why does it, it have light bright cubes on it? I mean, it it's like it's like a you know multi person yeah, no. studio kind of yeah. Um, no, the 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 two by two is only one hundred fifty dollars. Right. If you were ever to go down that road, it's this is unnecessary. Right. But the but the 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 pod mic looks um it looks really nice, and I like how small it is. Um, and also you. <laughs> You can wear your untuck it shirt in your uh, fancy kitchen with your AeroPress and your Peloton bike, and and you can make your podcast like this dude is. <laughs> right. But only if you have your top button un- undone. Well, of course. How else are you in a podcast? Right. The kimono is half open. Mm. <clears throat> All right. Uh, also, a uh, friend of the show, Casey Liss, uh, made uh, or released his first um, application as uh, after becoming an indie developer it's uh it's called vignette and the premise of the app is that it will uh add contact photos to your ios contacts based off of their social media profiles or by using wordpress's gravatar um website thingy um it's a cool app uh it, it is rumored that uh, apple might be integrating something uh, very similar into ios 13 so he uh had a deadline to ship this and hopefully you know yeah as as they say in the rap world get your money and get out um and yeah it's cool and and he i don't know he's a he's a uh earnest developer trying to make a go at it as uh an independent dude so i more power to him and it seems like a cool app and more more apps need a, a maroon color theme i had not heard of this being potentially part of ios 13 that's too bad for him there have been some vague rumors about stuff like that, so it's. I think they touched upon it, touched on it a couple of times on ATP, but um, yeah, it's neat. I have not used it yet, but I wanted to put this in the notes to also mention that it's it's something that I've been meaning to do here for a while, which is kind of go through and clean up clean up my contacts list, and I think then as part of that, I can I can use vignette to add photos for the remaining folks that i have i think i've brought this up a couple of times but when when i had to look up your address a few weeks ago uh your picture is uh you wearing a threadless t-shirt and i think you're 19 in the photo so it's very 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 old oh no yeah you're wearing the chicken and egg shirt is that the that's when we were in line to see hillary clinton no uh, but also, I'll send you a thing because also your current company is very out of date as well. Uh, oh, what what is this? And I really hope that was the right screenshot on my desktop. Yep, that could have been bad. Oh man, I God was that a <laughs> I, that must have been like a Facebook profile picture. I think those well, are probably. My, I think those are my Matrix sunglasses too. <laughs> man. Okay. I'm going to give you the opportunity to cut that out. I'll give you a clean edit point <laughs> so that therefore you don't get a divorce and uh, that the sponsors don't pull out. Oh, no. We were, uh, as part of uh, the the trip we took to San Diego, I, I think I had mentioned on the show last week, we had been looking through some photos that my aunt had found. Mm-hmm. And one of them was a, a prominent photo of me at Halloween one year. Oh, no. And I had a neo outfit that my Actually, that's how keanu would say it outfit mm-hmm. that well it gets better so i didn't separates. I, I didn't just go out and buy a neo outfit i bought a uh 
I don't remember exactly what the right phrase is here, but it was basically like a, like a sewing pattern, I guess. <laughs> um, and mm -hmm. then, you know, my mom and I bought the fabric, probably from Michael's or something. And then a neighbor of mine who was really talented at sewing offered to actually do the, the sewing for me. So it was a, a custom fit, custom made Neo outfit. A bespoke Neo outfit. A, bes a bespoke Neo outfit, right. Yeah. Oh, dear. But then, right, well. but then the, the lady friend had I, what I thought was a very good reaction to the photo, which was, you only wore that for Halloween, right? <laughs> mm, you didn't tell her that was your... Yeah. Which, which, which is true. I did, I, did not, um, I did not regularly wear that. I did not even wear that to the sequels, which came out. All right. Moving on. So... Uh, I was, this is, this is, this was not in the original show notes, but I was looking for, um, another, uh, Roomba lighthouse, uh, because I, I, I sometimes will forget to close the bathroom door and I, I don't want Roomba, uh, getting caught on the, um, on the bath mats, which is, which is his thing. And then he'll get in a fight with, um, my, uh, broken withings scale. <laughs> So I was looking for another one on Amazon, and surprisingly for a little thing that all it does is basically emit an IR beam, uh -huh. kind of expensive, about $43. I sent you a link to an Amazon product page, um, and oh no, this doesn't, ah, whatever. I don't know why it doesn't show this. Oh, never mind. Well, now this isn't funny. Uh, I, this must be because it's from a different um, product seller. Ah, this, never mind. This, this, is, this isn't funny anymore. Somebody had it categorized that it was uh it was uh men's like <laughs> like somehow the Roomba lighthouse had a, a a gender or would only work for uh something so yeah not amusing anymore uh but also if you look at the third product picture I like that um people are suggesting that you put a Roomba lighthouse by your dog's bowl so therefore it won't run into it as though your dog would not immediately eat it <laughs> no it it actually has a and this picture actually doesn't do. Oh no! no I see the picture is showing this. Like you can, like the room just gets it gets out. Well, you can you can put it the uh, the you, you call it a lighthouse, but the the virtual wall um, in like a circular pattern where it'll you can put it in the middle of something, and then it, it the barrier will, will create like a little circle around that, which is yeah, good for dog bowls and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, it found it very amusing that it was in the men's department, but anyway. It's not there anymore, so it's irrelevant. <laughs> okay, uh, a couple quick things. So Dropbox is, well, it's a big pivot. Dropbox is uh, raising prices from 10 to $12 a month for their, uh, I forget if it's called Pro or Plus tier. Everything's called a Pro or Plus. So what does it even matter? Uh, tier, and they're expanding the storage capacity from uh, storage quota from one terabyte to two terabytes. And they are going to include the, um, the smart sync feature which used to be exclusive to their business tier service. Um, so cool, but also that means Pro is getting more expensive by $2 a month. I think this is your annual reminder where you uh, you do the flex that you uh, somehow managed to still use the Dropbox free tier. I do. Yeah, How? I do. I just don't, I don't have a Where's lot of stuff go. I don't, I don't have a lot of stuff. Are you like an iCloud desktop person? No, 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 no. I'm, you know, like, the all the uh, storage intensive stuff like photos is you know it goes on the Synology which then goes up to Backblaze. 
Like I don't have, uh, and then like, you know, the stuff that I do have on Dropbox is it's just all, it's all documents, right? It's all Excel spreadsheets and Word documents and PDFs and things that just don't take up very much space. Like if I, let's say if I go to Dropbox, um, well, I have my, oh, here we go. So I, I'm using 12.8% of my 5.2 gigabytes. I'm using 22.4% of my one terabyte. Yeah, but you keep like photos and stuff in Dropbox, right? Yeah, but I keep everything in Dropbox. Because I, I, I don't ever want to be on a device and not have my files. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I kind of feel the same way, but, uh, you know, all of my files are whatever 12.8% of 5.2 gigabytes is. Uh, you're a finance guy. That's, that, well, that's like 600 megabytes. That's crazy. I mean, but that's, I mean, I don't know. That's That's like... I mean, please nobody hack my drop my Dropbox, but like that's you know it's all my tax returns. It's it's mm-hmm. it's which I'm yeah, I'm not releasing by the way. That, Damn it! That was funnier in my head. You um, preempted. Oh, you're you're a monster. <laughs> no, it was, it was very funny, and you killed my joke. Um, but 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 Deutsche Bank will give it to us. Yeah, be true. Um, it, it's I've got all the like stuff for the house. Like, I don't know, everything's there. It just doesn't take up very much space. Apple is launching a website, uh, and you can put a link, uh, or actually I'll remind you of what the link is, uh, apple.com slash iOS slash app store. Uh, and the app store is dedicated to the best store experience for everyone. Like this feels like the kind of the, not to keep using the BP oil spill analogy, but this really feels like a website you put up when you fuck, when you fucked up big. Uh, we created the app store with two goals in mind. That'd be a safe and trusted place for customers to discover and download apps and a great business opportunity for all developers. So in light of the Supreme Court uh, decision that the case against Apple, is it is it on like the grounds that they are a monopoly or what, what is the gist of the Supreme Court case? Do you remember? I think that's right. I think it, it's it's antitrust grounds. Yeah. Um, so it's that. So that couples with, um, I think, uh, for Spotify, it was time to play dot com, uh, where just like a lot of people are kind of calling attention to the fact that. Apple does have a monopoly on app store distribution um, and how you are allowed to sell and uh, and how they can control the economics of applications on one of the dominant mobile platforms. Um, and Apple, because there is so um, service revenue focused right now, they are uh, remiss to want to make any alterations to their business model that might cause them to make less money, especially as the iPhone is on decline. But yeah, there's been a ton of attention paid to the 30% cut that they're taking, and they are uh, getting out in front of this, sort of, with a really half-assed website that does not actually address any of the things that people have criticisms about. Because, um, like, uh, oh, if so, you... So kind of like updates to the MacBook Pro. <sighs> um, <laughs> for about two days, my N key wasn't working. And surprisingly, I use the word no a lot, so... <laughs> you, you, you don't say. <laughs> no, I don't. A thousand, a thousand no's for every yes, Carlos. Um, uh, yeah, so that, 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 was, that was... Don't get me started on the laptops. No, we're not... Well, we might get to that later, but... Yeah, this website's really dumb. Yeah, they don't, they don't address any of the, the points that people really... Because, like, I don't... Uh, of the criticisms people have of the App Store is our, like... One of the biggest things they talk about is like App Store review and how many builds are rejected. Like ever since Schiller took over, is that really a complaint people have these days? Like sometimes Apple 
and people will view it as like they make capricious decisions about what is allowed and what's not. And sometimes there are like uh, sweetheart deals where um, some companies get to ship stuff that uses um, undocumented APIs and other people don't get that same um, leniency. But yeah, this, this, this website doesn't like it does the classic thing of any company that's doing the wrong thing where it's just gigantic text followed by a couple of paragraphs that mean nothing. But they're not addressing the fact that um, they are basically using their dominance and the in the fact that you can only get apps to the app store as just like a rent sinking move where they can get collect 30% for doing almost nothing, where a much fairer percentage would probably be in the three to 10% range. Like I, I don't know, like this, this is, this is kind of a really dumb website because like it, it, a store that welcomes competition, they, they bring this up and I think, I don't I forget if Marco had a thing to say about this, but they're like, oh yeah, on the app store, we allow people to make apps that sort of compete with us, even though like that whole section is infuriating because they'll show that, um, like under the music section, they'll say like, oh, Apple makes Apple Music, but they're competing apps on the platform like Amazon Music, Pandora, Spotify, and YouTube Music. But spot the whole point is that they don't have to take the 30% cut. So they're citing competition based off the fact that they're competing unfairly with everybody else and also that their um, their own application gets uh, most favored nation status in the sense that they get to have... Um, uh, deeper integration with Siri and CarPlay and a whole bunch of other things where they it's it's not really competing fairly. So they're patting themselves on the back for not rejecting um, apps that give them an opportunity to collect 30% for doing nothing. I don't know. It's neat that Overcast is featured in the, the podcasts comparison. Yeah, but somebody made the point that uh, only one of those four competitor applications are actually podcasting apps. Right. Like the other th- the other three um, kind of are trying to uh, kill what podcasting is, or at least do like they are they are not embracing the free and open. It's just an RSS feed type podcasting. And then I saw the comment about the web browsing section, which is it's they're all the same web browser just with different skins because you can't use your own rendering engine in iOS. Exactly, and that's the thing where I think a lot of people don't don't actually know that that when you're when you're using Chrome on iOS, it's just a wrapper around uh, WebKit. Like or like, even though that's kind of what Chrome is, but then they they um, forked it to Blink. But yeah, what'd you call me? Hmm. <laughs> um, that is the right term, right? It sounds right. Um, the the other the interesting thing about this page, or what I thought was interesting, was they give some statistics about the uh, number and um, percentages around approval and rejection for weekly App Store reviews. So it's a hundred thousand reviews a week, which it's just that's a it's a really high number. Like I get that a lot of the review process is automated now, but man, that's that's a crazy high number. Um, and then the other thing I think is interesting here too is forty percent get rejected, which that that seems really high. I guess I would have I would have guessed that rejections were something like I don't know twenty percent maybe. Forty percent. That that's that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, it sounds fair. Like I, I don't, I don't think a rejection means like a gigantic. No, you are breaking App Store rules. But maybe like no, this build's broken, or uh, no, it has this show stopping bug that we we caught. So I, I, I don't think that's that out of line. Yeah, yeah. So that's 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 the thing they're doing. 
Um, instead of going to this website, I think people should go to time to play fair.com. All right. Uh, we have, uh, delayed the most important part of, uh, the show until now. And I, I am really looking forward to this mm. and this, this will, this, I, I, am excited. So still are sparkling, um, is the thing we do from time to time where we talk about, uh, sparkling water and the profound impact that it has to change lives across the world. So you send me a very important picture. I think a couple, uh, like, like on Friday where you were, you were at target, you were charging your EV for free. Yes. Uh, trying to save money so that you could buy a vanity plate for your EV. <laughs> Um, and you picked up two new flavors of, uh, favor uh, of sparkling water favorite of the show, Spindrift. I did. So I was excited that Target, uh, at least at the time that I went, not so much at the time you went, had basically a full stock. I, I must have timed it just right. Um, and I, I, so I, I got, uh, Lime, which, after coming home and, and looking at the Spindrift website for a different reason, which we'll get to in a minute, um, I guess lime is like their newest flavor. That, that was what I gathered. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like new, new, or if it's just the newest, but... Um, it's new as in Mac Pro. Okay. Um, and that one's very good. Very, very good. I think it's better than lime LaCroix. Which, oh, you betcha. Which I also actually like, but now having had the lime spindrift, it's it's tough to go back to the lime LaCroix just because you realize how much more natural tasting the spindrift is compared to LaCroix. But then the other big flavor, which is what you're, mm-hmm. you're alluding mm-hmm. to here, mm-hmm. is the one that you've been recommending to me since we started talking about spindrift and which I have long resisted trying which is the famous half and half. Heck yeah. Um, so this is half tea, half lemon. And I, I've been drinking one as we've been recording here, just so I could have fresh thoughts prepared for this segment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fine. It's, um, I mean, I, I, I really don't care for tea. It unsurprisingly tastes a lot like tea. It the the lemon helps, of course. Um, I I will admit that I like it more than I expected to. You um, on previous episodes made absolutely clear that your expectations were so low. They were they were they were or that they, or that your expectations were like below the ceiling or sorry below the floor of what anybody would ever choose to have if they were going to purchase the product. Right. Uh, however, you know, with that with that being said, it, it is it's better than I expected to. Slash, I hate it less than I thought I would. Um, however, I will the the real positive thing I'll say about it is so I, I you know I had tried it plain uh, the other evening, but then of course the next thing I did, which is the reason I went to the Spindrift website, was to pull up on the recipe for the uh, bourbon tea party, mm-hmm. and I, I made myself one of those the other evening. And that was that was quite good, and I think yeah. the remaining the remaining supply of the half and half because of course you have to buy these things in six packs or eight, eight packs, pack. whatever, uh, will be going towards uh, bourbon tea parties. It's objectively good, but yeah, I, I'm very okay. Yeah, I'm I'm happy about this. I think this is the best I could possibly have hoped for. Yeah, yeah. I just I just I don't I don't like tea. I mean I, I don't I don't really know what else to say, and it it tastes like tea. 
Yeah. So have you been using actual sugar or um, simple syrup? I've only I've only made it once. Um, and I, you know, I, I wanted to follow the recipe the first time around. So I used regular sugar, which yeah. just seems kind of like a pain in the ass. So I, I think it takes a while to get the suspension going to get it mixed where it's not just kind of like this sand at the bottom. Yeah. So I, you know, I think going forward when I make it, I'll just use simple syrup. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this is not quite the event. I, I will hold off on registering Carlos's right.com. Um, <laughs> Which was on the table had this gone differently. But you know what? I will take the fact that you said it was, you know, drinkable. You you can send that to the spinger people and they'll put it on the can. I mean I've I've been I've been drinking this one I've had in front of me through the show and it's it's yeah, it's fine. It's good. I would yeah. rather have okay. I'd rather have a lime or a lemon. Yeah. Or, or a raspberry, a raspberry lime. Or yeah. grapefruit. I would I would basically have any other flavor that I've tried other than this one, but <laughs> Um, I think we, Ooh, ugh. okay. I'm looking, Ooh, sparkling lime margarita. Hold Ooh, hold on. Hold the phone. Wait, what Did, is that? <laughs> hold on. I'm on Spender's website. Let me go. Oh my God. We'll, we will get to this next week probably. But, um, ever since, um, Slack updated their dumb icon on OS 10, uh, where it now looks exactly like the photos app, alt tabbing or sorry, command tabbing is very frustrating these days. <laughs> Because I, I will half the time always choose wrong and um, choose photos.app. Yeah. So ooh, I'm, I'm very, I have not tried this before, but sparkling lime mar- uh, margarita. This is, this seems very in my, in my wheelhouse. This seems, this sounds very good. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know what that second ingredient is though. I'm going to have to look Contra? this up. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's the, that's the orange one. Yeah. It's like triple sec, I think. Right. Yeah. 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 Fan- fancy sounding triple sec though. Fre- French. Because, you know, everything in French sounds fancier. Mm. Trying to think of... Okay, moving on. Uh, okay, very good. Uh, what's the deal with the weekly? There, there's there's no organization to this episode. I um I had forgotten about this. This, this has been announced a while ago. Um, but I guess it's, it's premiering this... Yeah, this Sunday, June 2nd. This is the... New York Times's video spinoff of the Daily, where, um, and this is the part of it I had really forgotten. It's on FX, so I guess I'll have to find out what channel FX is. Um, it's going to be a weekly, as the name would imply, documentary series um, from, I guess, some of the same people who um, produced the Daily, and it's, of course, it's you know produced by the New York Times. I'm a little skeptical of this, but um, I think I'll I think I'll give it a try. Yeah, so it's also going to be available the next day on Hulu. So that's 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 another thing. But yeah, I I, I too am skeptical just because I feel like um, audio is freeing in in a lot of ways. Where um, I feel like you can probably get more out of people if if they know it's strictly an audio program where there's a level of self consciousness and um, and other stuff that goes along with being uh, a primarily like a video um, based uh, format for, for kind of broadcasting ideas. So like, I'm sure they're going to do it well, but um, I feel like it'll, it'll be harder for them to be as successful as they're able to be with the daily. Cause I uh, like just on a television program, like if there's just kind of like not people need to, but like, it's just, 
if somebody is photogenic or not or how they communicate their like it's just it's so much easier if it's um only being uh, taken in like on a single dimension where video like it was like visual storytelling um like it's just different i don't know so like i i'm cautiously optimistic but i also feel like um it's it's gonna be much harder for them to uh, tell a story in the same way and also what plays better on video is not the same thing that would play well on audio agreed yeah um and then lastly even though this was this was a good long uh long read uh, I threw this in here and, and people can go check it out uh, in the show notes. This is a um, an opinion column that was that is on the next web by somebody named uh, Martin Bryant. Um, but it was uh, it's called I Miss Blind Dumb Enthusiasm for New Tech. Uh, and the kind of the, the thesis statement of this is just that there were there were a lot of things in um, in technology these days where like, I mean, you're old enough to remember I mean, it back in the RSS days and kind of like the early days of TechCrunch, where no matter what it was that was being released on the internet, like people were generally like super, super, super optimistic about it. Like no matter what dumb startup it was, whether it was like, uh, what was it called? Like rinse.io. Like there's so many things where like, there were just like really dumb ideas of, um, that's probably a bad example for this article, but like just weird startups that were aimed that aimed to solve like a really specific problem. Um, I mean, and there are better ones like, um, like the one that he, he suggests here, which was not actually a good product, but like Google wave and Google buzz. And, and there were like all these like weird, like in Yahoo pipes, like there were just like these weird one-off projects where everybody was kind of excited to see where it went. But now it just kind of feels that, um, new technology products, uh, have, um, kind of don't get that same level of enthusiasm or um blind excitement as they used to and that 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 has a number of reasons but i i i guess i want to know do you do you feel the same way or do or do you see that trend oh yeah no, making I mean, no, making no judgment about whether it should be that way de- definitely um i mean part of it's unique of our generation though where a lot of the one-off products and services you listed came out at a time where we were probably a little more positive about things um, just by virtue of our age and of the time in which we were growing up. Whereas, you know, now we're older, naturally more cynical and are part of a generally more cynical time. Um, so the, the, I think that's part of it, but then I do agree too, that people's opinion of new technologies changed where I think people are more skeptical now, people are more critical now. And I think for the most part, those are, those are good things. I mean, some of the criticism stuff, especially like on the gadget side sometimes is a little crazy, but um, but I think people should question new technology and the impact it has, et cetera. So I, I do notice the change, but I, I think it's mostly a, mostly a good one. Yeah. I, I did a really horrible job of introducing and framing the story, but, um, yeah, like, and, and the one key example that they make here is, um, Google duplex, the feature where, um, the Google assistant can, 
use Google uh, text to speech and like their AI, uh, their AI products to try to have a conversation with an actual human being to do things on your behalf, like making reservations and, and handling basic tasks for you. And people can have a lot of thoughts. Like I generally don't like the feature. Like I, I, I don't think people should ever have to interact with, um, something that is pretending to be human or like there's a false pretense that they're not interacting with a robot. And, and in, in response to criticism and backlash, Google has uh, updated the product a little bit, but like, I, I don't know. I just feel like that, that seems like a product that in the past, like maybe five years ago, and I understand the technology wouldn't have been available five years ago, but something similar or contemporary to the time would have experienced like much, much warmer uh, reception than it does now. And I just think like it, it kind of goes along with like all the Facebook stuff where there's like I, I, people are being more cognizant and um, critical of technology products because of the lasting effects that um, bad technology and carelessly um, ill-conceived and not fully thought out technology can have. But that does seem like it has a ripple effect where um, kind of good technology ideas or stuff that is actually novel um yeah, it just doesn't get the same level of excitement and, and, and fervor that it used to. And again, that's not, not necessarily that that's a bad or a good thing, but it is just weird where, um, as tech has matured so much, it's, um, I don't know there's like, there seems to be like no great startups now. I, I yeah, I don't know. Facebook kind of, uh, ruined a lot of things, I think is kind of what you're saying. Yeah, I think that's that's the understatement of the of the millennium. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, Facebook's bad. Uh, Facebook's really bad because uh, I'm somebody who always gave them the benefit of the doubt, thinking like oddly, and I have no affinity towards Facebook. Um, but like, oh yeah, that's it's not as bad as the I, like. I, I think a lot of this is unintentional, but no, it just seems like they're an objectively shitty company. Um, and somehow they have managed to make Instagram not the worst, but it, it it's getting in there. Okay. Uh, talk about some Apple stuff real quick. Let's do it. Okay. Our our last chance to speculate on WWDC. Yeah. Which is somehow next week that really this year is flying by. Yeah. Like le- legitimately over the weekend, I I had ha- had had it in my head that there was like at least uh like one more week, and then when. I think actually, I guess it was technically part of the weekend, part of the holiday weekend on Monday when Upgrade came out and it was the WWDC draft. I was like, wait, why, why are they doing it like two weeks ahead of time? Uh, but then it occurred to me that <laughs> the uh, the keynote was following Monday. Um, so, yeah, came up, came up really fast um, there. And of course, the other sign that WWDC is near is the volume of leaks have just started to rapidly increase. And we're now at the point where there have been numerous screenshots of both iOS 13 and Mac OS. Uh, I always, I always forget the number. What are we on now? What is it? Is it uh, 10.14? So 10.15 is what we're going to be, be going on. I know what version of OS 10 we're on. Uh, yeah, that too. Nice. Um, so, um, I don't know. Is, is there any of this stuff that's come out that you're interested in, or is there something in particular that you, 
want to see? Like, what what are you excited about with WWDC this year? Meh. If if anything, <laughs> um, I was excited for new laptops. Mm. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, I I don't I don't care. Um, yeah, like I, I don't care. I, I I want to know what the direction of OS ten is going to be. Um, I want to know how Marzipan is going to shake out. And um, I think we can intuit a lot of that from what um, uh, OS 10, 10.15, whatever it's going to be like Death Valley or whatever it's going to be called, um, of what that actually looks like and kind of what a lot of the first party apps look like. So even though we have um, some details on iTunes as still being like a, a traditional Mac app, just like kind of decanted, I don't know. I guess I want to know what uh, Apple thinks the future of the Mac looks like. And even though there's a whole ton of complaints you can have about the hardware OS X as like a, a, an operating system and a software platform, other than like those three funky Marzipan apps is, is fairly solid and hasn't um, strayed too far with like an iOSification. I don't know. Like, it feels like the year where there will be a ton of answered questions about what the Mac is going to be for the next five to ten years. Um, and I don't know. I'm cautiously optimistic about it because even as we like, I think we talked about it last week, where Pandora Pandora released a um, a Mac application that was just kind of a bad Electron app, where that feels like the type of company that might actually bother to make a Mac app uh, if it involved just. Um, minimal effort to port their iOS code. Like, I feel like there's a class of applications that could really benefit from that using the Marzipan uh, frameworks. But I, I, I don't know. I, I'm very curious as to see how this, how this goes. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. The Marzipan stuff is by far and away what I'm most interested in seeing. And I, I'm generally fairly... Um, optimistic about it i think like you are i'm uh skeptical going back to our previous topic perhaps but um overall i think it's going to be i i mean i i think it, the way it's going to work is the next call it one to three years is going to be a bit of a rough transition and especially this first iteration of marzipan i think is going to have a lot of gaps and not going to meet a lot of people's expectations like jason snell's done i think a good job of articulating this on upgrade which is you know if people are expecting marzipan apps to kind of fully um you know look like native mac apps and behave like native mac apps that's that's not what we're going to get at least with version one and actually and i'll, I'll, I'll put this in the notes uh, shortly before we started recording, some um, screenshots came out of the new music and TV apps. And I mean, man, <laughs> these things are uh, are pretty rough. They're they're pretty pretty bare. Aren't those the ones that are supposed to actually still be Mac Mac apps? I forget if it's Coco, right? Or like you, like Coco UI kidnaps. To me, so I actually generally take German's reporting kind of at face value, but that's actually one of the things that I've not quite bought into, which is like I 
I find it really hard to believe that Apple's going to get up on stage and basically be like, well, you know, the marzipan's like not quite where we want it to be. So like the apps that we deem to be like really important, like music and TV, eh, we're not going to use all these new tools. We're going to build them the old way. I, that's that's such a weird mixed message that I I kind of think that the music and TV apps are going to be um are going to be marzipan apps or at least some kind of uh fork to use a, a phrase that you used earlier. And I I mean these screenshots sure make it seem like they're that way. Well is it I, I'm still on High Sierra. What's the one before Mojave? Yeah, High Sierra. Uh, who can rem- who can remember back that far? Because yeah, the Mac Mini I have has Mojave on it. And like have you've seen the the current version of the App Store app, right? On OS ten? Like it's 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 super weird and gross looking. A couple times, yeah. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. Um, also, I would maybe dispute the fact that or the the idea that Apple thinks uh, TV and music are important apps. Like, I mean, OS ten is kind of like a a product. I mean, like, given that they're both ways to uh, deliver services revenue, I would say they're quite important to Apple. Yeah, but but Apple's made it clear that they don't actually care. Like they want to, they want people to sign up for stuff. They don't care if it's good. Uh, see Apple News and see Apple Music in its current iteration on Apple, OS ten. Apple News Plus. Oh yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. The plus, the plus is what matters. Right. Um, plus plus. Yeah, so I don't know. Like I, I, I mentioned that. I, so I want to know what the narrative is. Um, I like I don't. I, I still have an iPhone eight, so I don't care about dark mode. Um. Because I don't have an OLED screen, um, I'm not really sure what else there is. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I just want to know what the future of the Mac is, and that's mostly it. Um, like, do you have any wish list stuff for iOS 12 or I, iOS 14? What what's the, what version are we on? <laughs> Neither of the numbers you just listed. <laughs> well, no, we're on iOS 12 now. It's gonna be iOS 13. Yes, but you said 12 yeah. or 14. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was close. I was, I was plus or minus one. Exactly. That's, those are Vegas. That's close enough. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Like so. Like who cares? Like I mean, I don't like again selfishly. Like I don't use my iPad. I don't care about iOS multitasking. It's gonna be a garbage fire no matter what it is because it doesn't have a pointing device. So I, I I'm not sure what else there is because Siri is not all of a sudden gonna be way better. There's actually been some rumors about uh, pointing device support uh, on the iPad, but um. Yeah, yeah, that that's the that's the stuff that I'm most interested in in seeing. I mean, I'm I'm not some heavy iPad user, but I would be really interested in trying a rethought iPad interface. I um I don't know. I I my gut feeling is that the iPad stuff is going to be disappointing. I think I think I think there'll be aspects of it that people really like, but I, I don't think it's gonna be the complete rethinking of the iPad like some hope for it to be. I'm mostly basing that on the fact that I mean, I know I joke a lot about the whole like doubling down on secrecy and, and leaks coming out in advance of things like WWDC, but I mean it's it's been really, really bad this year. Like to the point where again, like we're we're getting screenshots of stuff now. Um, and there really, there just hasn't been a lot around the iPad. And I, to me, if, if a certain thing that people are hoping for 
uh, isn't leaking out ahead of time, to me, that's kind of a, a red flag that maybe there's not a lot there. So, so we'll see, but, um, I, yeah, I'm really, really curious to see what they, what they do with the iPad. Yeah. Okay. Um, so for explosive detail, or sorry, not explicit in that way. Uh, yeah, there was, uh, you can put a link in the show notes. Uh, there are three screenshots that leaked out showing what iOS 13's dark mode will look like, which is neat. Um, for OLED customers, that seems cool. Um, and then, um, oh, actually, this is this, you, you, we probably won't have a lot to say here, but you can also put that in the show notes. There were, um, have you ever noticed that whenever Apple has either an iPhone annou- uh, announcement coming or it's WWDC time, uh, they have kind of this weird, um, like friendly media PR roadshow? I mean, is that isn't that just Apple coverage year round? Oh uh, well, the, the 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 sanctioned coverage, yeah. Where yeah, like they, they will give um, exclusive access to some uh, 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 journalistic outfit. Uh, in this case, it was. Um, the independent of the uk where they let them inside to see how they test their chips at negative 40 degrees celsius uh to make sure they're rock salt and stuff like that i mean whatever i'm always a super skeptical of any anytime apple um avails uh, a uh, an executive for some type of journalistic thing you either know there's a bad story about to come out or they're just trying to get some positive coverage um in in a situation where you know the the ground rules for the interview was you can't ask about anything that's actually interesting. So I mean, this story was kind of just whatever. Um, I don't know. Like I hate these stories so much. Where like you just know, like this this is like it, the only purpose is that they you can't report whatever you actually want. You're getting a level of access where the story is already pre written for you, and you just happen to be the outlet that they chose, and that's great. Um. But yeah, and then then the Washington Post um, had a really good article from their uh, consumer tech reporter. I think his name is Jeff Jeffrey Fowler, um, where he had a huge thing where uh, he uh, linked up with some uh, infosec guys uh, or guy, uh, researchers, guys or gals, um, to research how aggressively and how permissive iOS tends to be about. Um, uh, like ad trackers and things like that of where um, apps on iOS are able to abuse background app refresh to um, phone home to their um, app maker servers to report information about your device, your location, um, and a lot of other things, which generally ends up being um, all ad and marketing data uh, used to monetize you as a user. And it was a really, really good article, and I do appreciate that he called out the Washington Post's own application for being one of the ones that kind of abuses that. But yeah, I don't know, like the 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 time before and during um, any big Apple things, where they're trying to control the the journalistic narrative about it, is always just super interesting. And anytime, like, just anytime um, an Apple exec is allowed to talk of their own free will, I'm always just super skeptical and dubious of whatever is being said and the motivation behind it. Cause they like, it never happens for a good or honest reason or, or there's never a, um, uh, an interview granted without a bunch of conditions of what can and cannot be talked about. I don't know. 
It's the it's the access journalism thing that we mentioned mm-hmm. a handful of episodes ago. It's um it's it's a it's a complicated thing and it it leads to a lot of these types of puff pieces like this independent article. Yeah, it's the same reason why Tim won't come on our show. <laughs> exactly. Coward. Um but might come on the talk show. Uh, that's my that's my guess this year. No. I would wager a lot of oof, no. I I think I th- I think it's going to happen. I I kind of thought last year might be the year, but I I have a, I have a feeling it's going to happen this year. No. All right, can we do one feel good topic and then show's over? Let's do it. Okay. The Lakers. No. <laughs> I see what you see what you did there. But that was not a joke. I think it is legitimately a feel good topic. So I want to I want to know about this. So there, we we talked about um when Magic left and quit in um a debatably unprofessional way. Uh but I think um more has come out about that, but I still feel it's un- it's, it was unprofessional. Oh, I think an objectively unprofessional way. I'm not really sure there's much subjectivity there, but... Uh, zooming out for a second, can you clarify, is, is, is Stephen A. Smith the biggest troll in all of sports? So I, I try to pay very, very little attention to him. I think he's just unbelievably obnoxious, but I... I think he a lot of it it's um he's he's basically playing a character. He knows what people watch him for and kind of um lean, leans into it as you would say. Yeah, but that's not so what's the uh, what's the uh, uh, the upside of him? <laughs> I I would say there isn't any, but okay. Just making making sure cuz it seems like anytime he talks it's it's yeah. Okay. So the Lakers, um, there've been a few things. So they are no longer. So the, the, what is it? What was it called? What was Magic Johnson's title? Director of baseball operations or sorry, basketball, About operations. basketball, right? Uh, so they are no, they are not going to, uh, rehire for that title. So there's just going to be like the general manager and the head coach. And that's basically it. Um, so what's happened with the Lakers? Um, I guess let's, let's take on the big thing. Um, what's what's your read on lebron having gone to the lakers at the time he made the decision and today well so lots of questions to answer there so what what has happened with the lakers i think it's a really good example of something that bill simmons hits on a lot and i either mentioned to you on air or off air it all blurs together Uh, but it's the idea that there's this um, thing that happens a lot, a lot of times with sports teams, but it can happen with like businesses as well, where, you know, the original owner passes away and, uh, his or her children then inherit whatever that individual was running. And so in the case of the Lakers, they had been owned for a long time by Jerry Buss, who by all accounts was always one of the best and smartest owners in the NBA. And, you know, the Lakers record during his era kind of attests to that. And then when he passed away, it was his children who inherited the team. And like in so many of these cases, you know, they, they didn't really have any experience running a sports team. And you know, just just because you're the son or daughter of somebody doesn't mean that you're qualified to take over what they did. 
And, you know, by all accounts, Jeannie Buss, who uh, the son or the, the daughter, excuse me, of Jerry Buss is, you know, a really a good person, a really thoughtful person. Um, but ultimately just isn't very good at hiring people or running a basketball team. And I think that's that's sort of the the root cause of everything that's happened since Jerry Buss passed away and has led the team to where they are now. Um, and then with, you know, with LeBron, I've, I've said this before. I mean, I, I don't think him coming to LA was a basketball decision. He, you know, to his credit, he's always been a family man. I mean, he married his high school sweetheart. He cares deeply about his kid's future. You know, the best youth basketball programs are in LA he, you know, it, it, I don't think he really wanted to play somewhere while his son played basketball all the way out in LA. You know, he's got this whole media thing that he's working on. I just, I think he's at a point in his career where, you know, basketball is still important, of course, but he has a lot of other priorities and living in LA fit those priorities. And he, you know, he wasn't going to play for the Clippers. So. Okay. So then why did the Lakers hire him? So if you're just going to pay a ton of money for somebody who's just doing it because it's a convenient location, why you're somebody trying to rebuild your organization who has been flailing based off of like, I think, is it three failed coaches ever since Phil Jackson retired? Three or four. Oh, God. It's been... D'Antoni and somebody else. So D'Antoni was the first. Or, well, there was Mike Brown who god was mike brown now i don't remember if he was in between the first time that phil retired and then came back it, i don't know it, it's it's so hard to keep track of um but yes many many failed coaches um oh, we have a guest appearance by branson on the podcast here since we don't we don't have any uh doors in the house right now <laughs> you could just kind of wander in good um, where was I? Okay, Laker Laker head coaches. Um, there's been lots. Of them. He's he's mad about the underperformance no, too. That's right. Um, no, I mean when when LeBron wants to come to your team, he's still you know one of the, one of the best players in the league. So of of course you of course you say yes. And the Lakers had a ton of cap space, so you know money money wasn't wasn't any kind of problem. Well, but if you're wasting the money, well. I mean the the amount of money that the team generates from his jerseys and from increased viewership and all that. I mean it's it's a, it's a very much worthwhile um, venture. Well, well, so so not to take you off your topic, but do, do you think he was the best use of the money? Like, do you think like- he he was not? No, LeBron should Le, LeBron should not be on the Lakers. He is not a he's not a good fit for where they're at i mean they so so then why didn't the lakers have the foresight to make the smart decision and actually try to get the talent like like pull like what the the giants and the warriors did which is try to get talent early and then try to nurture it into a team that wins after a couple seasons like why go for the big name and just hope it turns out okay because they don't they don't have the infrastructure in place to nurture those young players but they've they've sucked for like six years so like i i guess i not not that you are genie bus or that you're you're meant to answer for them but like why can't they just be bad for another couple of years? Why can't they hire what they need to develop that talent? That's that's what they should do. But there's <laughs> a there's a kind of 
um, short-term mentality that the team has where they want to make moves that they feel like will result in a team winning now as opposed to going through like a you know sixers type process as they've called it where yeah they they do kind of bottom out for a handful of years get a bunch of high draft picks and and kind of build the team internally the the lakers just don't have the infrastructure or the patience to be able to execute on a plan like that although ironically <laughs> had they just started doing that when they first started sucking in like 2014, they actually would have been in a better place by now. But instead, they've kind of straddled the line between developing young players while also going after big name players. Okay, so so where do they so where do they go from here? But also, do you think Genie Bus is ultimately the problem? Yes, and that was fast. One one hundred percent. Why? No doubt. Why? Because she she's the one that's made all of these hiring decisions. She's the one who has signed off on every head coach since Phil Jackson. She's the one who brought in Magic Johnson and who continues to have Rob Palenka be the general manager. So but are, 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 why are you saying that she's doing all these things in spite of all reasonable data around her and what other people are saying? Or are there other people who would have made similar decisions? I don't, I mean, I hear a lot of skewed negative coverage about the Lakers. So maybe I'm getting caught up in that, but the the consensus seems to be that no other team in the NBA would have hired Rob Palenka as a general manager. Like, because he, he, he doesn't have any experience being a team executive he's not very well liked around the league which is a really important thing if you're a gm because if you're out there you know calling people to make trades if you're somebody who people don't like working with that's a problem so i don't yeah i, I don't i don't think that the decisions the lakers have made w- would be decisions made by a whole lot of other people and she owns a lot of the team, yes. I assume. Yes. By do you know what percentage? I know she she forced her brother out. Yeah, I don't know how the percentages break down, but she is the controlling owner. So she she has exclusive right to run the team. Is there ever a point where she um, chooses not to, or or fi- or figures out that uh, I'm losing money by not? being very good at this again i and i'm not sure i believe that but like does that ever work itself out or this could be doomed mediocrity because she feels like she owns it and she has to figure out this problem on her own uh i mean the 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 way that the my understanding is the way that the ownership structure has been set up is there's virtually no scenario where the team would be like forced out of the family or anything like they would it would have to oh, be, i'm saying like is there a position where she'd ever be like oh i'm not the best person to make these decisions so i'm gonna put it in somebody else's hands and hopefully i just rake in the money because they're gonna make this a profitable team or do you think there's just too much pride because of the family thing yeah I, like a year ago i probably would have said there's too much pride for the family thing but it does it does really feel like so lebron's got two more years plus a player option for a third on his contract with the Lakers. And if let's say like two years from now, they've had two more seasons, like the one that they just had now, like that does feel to me like it would be kind of a breaking point 
and that something might something might change. Like you can't you can't have you can't have one of the best players of all time on your team for three years and just find every single way to screw that up. Because like the real shame of it when when LeBron came to LA last summer was the team had a lot of really promising young players. They had a ton of extra cap space even after signing LeBron. Like they were really set up well going into uh the off season and to do something neat this year. And they just squandered all of it. And and some of it some of it's LeBron's fault too. I mean, the way that um the whole Anthony Davis thing went down was a train wreck and has LeBron's fingerprints all over it. It's 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 just it's bad. It's bad all the way around. And it's 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 too bad because it, like I said it did it seem like there was a chance there to really improve things. And I I don't know what the path forward is now. Yeah, it's a bummer. And dumb question, why can't they just like throw a bunch of money at uh, Popovich? Like, why can't they just get like, why can't they just buy another great coach? I'm not saying like a great coach, if you just transplant them, will make amazing decisions and transform a team. But like, if one of their biggest issues is having effective coaching um, or a likable coach that can get the best out of people, like why can't they just hire that? No, that that's a that's a really good point that people have uh, people have brought that up not just with the coach but across the board. Like, there's a ton of speculation around the league why why the Lakers won't just back the truck up for someone like Bob Myers, who's the GM of the Warriors and who's probably the best GM in the league and who has a lot of ties to LA and who would probably have a lot of interest in coming to the Lakers. Um, you know, why don't the Lakers go after somebody like him? And they, 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 there's actually a reason, which also goes back to Jeannie Buss, which is she has a long history and then the Lakers in general do too, but it's, it's been kind of more um, apparent with her now running the team, which is, the Lakers really like to hire former Lakers. Like they like to hire people who have previous ties with the team. So if you look at a, you know, basically um every coach they've had, I guess since so since D'Antoni, God, I, I should just I should pull open like a list of list of LA Lakers coaches. It's so sad that there's been um so so many of them that like I have to pull up Wikipedia just to to keep track. So since yeah, so since Phil Jackson um retired the second time, it's been Mike Brown and then well Bernie Bickerstaff, who was an assistant coach who took over for a handful of games before Mike D'Antoni, Byron Scott, Luke Walton. So the you know D'Antoni was a pretty good hire that just you know, didn't really work out because of the makeup of the team. But then, you know, both Byron Scott and Luke Walton kind of had no business being head coaches. And it was because they were former Lakers that they, that they got the job. So that's, that's, that's a pattern they need to break out of is they need to be hiring the best people, not people who were previously affiliated with the team. Hmm. Okay. Well, Let's see if they can turn it around. They they won't, but it's okay. <laughs> um, 
the Warriors uh, handily win uh, the NBA Finals or no? I think it's going to be a close series. They're like three to one favorites in Vegas, which is crazy high to me. I I think they'll win, but I, I think it'll be it'll be close. It'll be I think like a six or seven game series. Hmm. But ultimately, Drake ends up sad. I think so. I hope so. Good. Good. What? Well, see, that's the American dream, or that's 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 all we can ever hope for is that Drake is sad. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, what we, what do we have for chef specials? I don't really, I don't really have one this week, so I'm going to kind of make one up on the fly here, which ties together a handful of topics we've been talking about tonight. Which is, you know, we we I think tend to be somewhat cynical of technology sometimes, <laughs> and of and of Apple specifically. But I actually really, I still get excited about the the lead up to Apple events. I, I get excited about the WWDC keynote. I get excited about the iPhone events in September. And then about any kind of one-off events in between. I mean, so much of it leaks out now that 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 does take away a little bit of the excitement. But it's still really fun to look forward to a keynote. It's still really fun to watch a keynote. It's fun to see all the initial commentary. Like I, I like the I like the whole thing, even if sometimes the content is kind of whatever or has all been previously known. But I I still really I think it's fun. Um, leading up to Apple events, so my 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 pick is 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 that excitement. I'll, I'll give it to you, even though your pick could be distilled as the feeling of excitement. I'll take it because yeah, I mean yeah, you're absolutely right. We're we're because there's like there's not a whole lot of stuff in like in life. I mean, like government and politics is a garbage fire. So, like there's there's very few things and where you where you can't just be excited about something. And there's there's not a whole lot of things as an adult where there's like Christmas in July, or right June, yeah. So no, you're absolutely right. Um, I am pretty sure I have nothing, and I'm checking my uh, photo roll, and that is accurate. 